Will you join me in the Party Pledge of Allegiance? I pledge allegiance to the party of the United Party of Parties, and to the party for which it stands, one party, under party, party, with party and party for all. Richard, what's up? Hey, Zach. Another week. Another week. This is uh, episode four now of the Party 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 podcast. Yep. Uh, how have things been going? Good, good. We we had a little bit of a few couple week hiatus. That's right. And uh, we actually went on a little trip together, didn't we? We sure did. <laughs> yeah, we went to Yosemite National Park and did like a little camping hiking trip. Yep. We stopped in uh, San Francisco and ate some sushi. Yep. We uh, we don't live near each other, so we, we both flew up there. and I guess you flew down, and I um, we met up, and that was a good time. Yeah. So that kind of, you know, uh, we this is our fourth episode, and you're bringing up, you know, where we're from and stuff. I That might be one thing that people uh, may or may not be interested in, but we can touch it on it briefly. Like, who are we? What is this podcast that we're doing and like why are we doing it or or you know so <laughs> so you know who for for anyone who might care briefly Richard who are you <laughs> Um you know I'm just a fan of Andrew WK and I think I uh we you called me up and said hey you wanted to start this podcast and I was like sure I'll, I'll, I'll I'm I'm into that kind of thing so um that's why it was my motive is you and invi- you inviting me. And so I was like, let's do it. But I've, uh, I've been following Andrew WK for a long time and I'm a big fan of his. And so I feel like I have good insights. You know, I've, I've, I've thought about some things and followed his career. So here I am. Yeah. And I think you know, we, we shouldn't neglect to mention how you are the operator of the Andrew WK music.com Andrew WK fan website. Yep. That's also true. I'm, uh, I've been doing that since 2000 and I think it was 2009 is when I started that. So that's, yeah, that's pretty, that's been a pretty good run. That website. Yeah, that it's, is. It's, it's had some uh, ups and downs, but yeah, absolutely. It's definitely, there's times when I've, life has, um, has a funny way of you know, taking you down paths you weren't expecting. And and there's been times when I've had to, uh, not abandon, uh, things completely, but, uh, I had to change my focus, you know, like focus on things different. And so I couldn't spend as much time doing that as I would like to have. And there's been other times where it's like, I'm in the thick of it posting stuff all the time. So, um, it's, yeah, it's definitely had ups and downs. Cool. Yeah. And so I'm, um, I'm your friend, and <laughs> we've known each other since about um, fifth grade, I think. That sounds right. And uh, also a very big fan of Andy WK, and a very big fan of the ideas that surround Andy WK in terms of what a party is and what his music means. And just the thing that I love about Andy WK's music is that it's got layers. And it's and it's for everybody, and it's very inclusive, and it's very fun, and there isn't a lot of other music that I think can encompass as many 
as much of a diversity of people and can have a, a message that's unique to everybody depending on, on what they want it to be. And so that's what I'm excited about with this podcast is not just talking about Andrew WK and what he's doing recently and what the news is and, and what the what uh, l- the latest stuff about Andrew WK is, which I'm very interested in talking about, but also just talking about like what is it what what does Andrew WK mean and what's the songs about and how can we you know have more fun? It's kind of like we're we're talking about life, but we're using Andrew WK as a vehicle. Yes, I like that. Yes. So what did you uh, what was your motive? behind because you reached out to me zach what was like your uh and i honestly i i do not know what was your motive (laughs) so i uh i let let me guess i assume i mean he came to port he he came up there right right didn't he no uh, on tour yeah yes yeah sure okay yeah 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 yeah. sorry i'm uh i was spacing i was thinking of someone else um so he came up and I'm guessing that's at least maybe part of the catalyst of this. Yeah. Well, I, I, I really like podcasts. I listen to a few different podcasts a week, probably. I think the medium is fantastic. And I've always wanted to have a podcast, but it's always been hard to try and figure out something that would be fun to talk about. But here's the thing with any kind of, um, any kind of hobby or, or initiative one might do. Especially when it comes into the arena of, ooh, I'm going to start up like a side hustle or some side business or like an Etsy shop or resell things on Amazon or whatever that is or create a website that I could drive lots of traffic to or start a blog. These right. things have a, have a high probability of fizzing out because once you start to do it, you kind of get bored. Mm. Uh, at least that's been my experience. But the thing that excited me about an Andy WK podcast was, I don't know if I'll ever get bored of this. I haven't because I like I like talking to you and I like talking about NWK and I think the whole premise is a lot of fun and so I that's what made me that was my motivation was to I thought it would be fun to have a podcast with you because podcasts are fun and I also think it would be fun to talk about NWK with you and have fun doing it wow well those are very pure motives, and uh, <laughs> I approve. <laughs> Almost like an altruistic. Yeah. Mission. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, you know, with anybody who's tried to start their own anything, uh, you have to sl- be careful about what you select as your incentive or your motivator to do it, because if it's strictly financial, not to say that this has any kind of real possibility for financial gain, which it has a very slim chance of. But money is a very is a can be a very good motivator, but when it comes to things you do on your own time, money probably is the worst motivator in my experience. You've got to really enjoy it because anything that's going to ever really take off or become any kind of popular or give you any kind of other satisfaction besides just its intrinsic satisfaction, um, it's going to take a long time. And to get you there, you've got to enjoy it. Right, right, yeah. I was just actually thinking about this um, a couple weeks ago with like companies that go public. Yeah, you know, and how um, it's good because they raise capital and then they can expand and do other things. But a lot of times, not a, sometimes I see the companies and the product gets worse. 
to the, for the consumer. You know, yes, they're mm. making more sales, but they push it so far where it becomes like not a good user experience for the product mm-hmm. or the service because they're trying to push that envelope so far. It's just like the the product becomes annoying. You know, it's like okay, I get I get you want my money, but like come on, it's just yeah. not it anymore. And so I've noticed that when companies go public, there's a lot. Uh, there's a higher tendency to do that because the, you know they're accountable to the shareholders or whatever. And yeah, whereas you, a private yeah. company, you know, they're. I don't know if I would. I really like the idea of, of private companies and just keep, just like maintaining the status quo. You know, why if you have something good, why why push it to the extreme? You know. Mm-hmm. You know what I think is the reason. A lot of times for that problem is that it's the focus on short-term profits as opposed to long-term success. And so when a publicly traded company, they're really highly incentivized to do quarterly, right? Quarterly, to make a bunch of money right now. And they do that more often than not at the expense of the future. And so that means cutting corners or, you know, cutting quality or uh, making customer service worse, all in the name of profits in the next three months. And so uh, this kind of, I guess that kind of works with your own personal life too. Like uh, if you're truly, you know, looking to maximize long-term value, you can really ruin it if you, if you try and just think about like, uh, what am I going to get out of this right now? You know? (laughs) Right. Yeah. So last, last time we talked, you, uh, you kind of left us on a cliffhanger with this uh, uh, this so-called Andrew WK conspiracy theories, do you have anything else you'd like to uh, talk to talk about that? Yeah, so I know people are just like biting at my heels to you know <laughs> get this cliffhanger um, solved, and so um, what I've done is I've decided to actually prolong that process of uh, the anxiety of not knowing. So actually, okay, so here's what happened. I I wanted to talk about the conspiracy theory stuff. But then as I was kind of like, you know, what am I actually going to talk about when I was thinking about stuff? I realized it couldn't really all be contained in, you know, a, um, a, a five or ten minute segment of this podcast. And I needed to blow it out into maybe like a half hour, maybe even an hour long thing. And so... I have started, I've, I've videoed most of it, and what I'm going to do, and I'll provide it in the link of the SoundCloud link <clears throat> of this podcast, or whatever link, wherever your platform you're hearing this on, and I'll post this link to the actual YouTube video where I'm going to um, dive a little bit deeper. It's also going to be, it's a better format because there's like some visual things I think are important to see, um, and I'm just going to... I'm going to blow it out to a, a lot more in depth because I don't think I could validate or um, what I was saying in like a 10 minute clip segment thingy. So people are going to have to wait until I post that video. So we just, so the cliffhanger continues. We still <clears throat> just have to hold on onto this cliff right. until we get the, okay. Sounds good to but me. I do. Cause you just I, want, I you want to do the topic justice. Yes. Thank you. That's a good way to put it. And I feel like uh, there would be too many holes in what I was saying, you know, that type of thing. If I was just, if I if I did it like that, so. Right, but I good. do have I do have something else though. Oh yes, let's hear it. 
that is sort of related. It, it's a little bit more heavy. You know, we like to keep it lighthearted here, but um, <clears throat> this is sort of a little bit uh, of a heavy topic. And uh, it's related to NRWK. So are you ready? I'm ready. All right. So we grew up um, liking punk rock music, right? Right. <clears throat> um, I don't know. When, when do you think we got in that? Like middle school? You know what? I, so yeah. I have a very uh, embarrassing thing about like, I don't know if you've ever had this conversation with someone about like what was the first CD you ever bought? Mm-hmm. But I remember ska was really cool, and and oh. and so I bought a Squirrel Nut Zippers CD, thinking it was ska. Zach, don't be embarrassed of that. <laughs> and I was like, man, I love ska. Listening to the Squirrel Nut Zippers, which is for those who don't know, Squirrel Nut Zippers is like some kind of a, uh, it's like a jazzy kind of like uh, what's the word, um, ragtime kind of band. Mm. Well, you, you were 10. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> okay, we'll you know, go on. Yes. You, you've, got, you've got good punk rock street cred oh, in my I? eyes. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah, yeah you know, I, I feel I, like you have good taste in music. Yeah, I, I, I still listen to a lot of punk music. Um, I have not grown out of it, and, and I don't think I ever will. I think it's just something that I, no matter how <clears> long <throat> I listen to it, I still enjoy the simplicity of three chords and just the creativity that's in just that really small, narrow genre. Right. Isn't that great? I love it. It's like drums, you know, distorted guitar, bass. Yep. It's like eight. Yep. There's no, there's no extra anything you need. It's just who can do those, you know, bass, guitar, and drums played fast you don't need anything else and who can do it the who can do it the most interesting you know and that's just like uh what's so great about it right like you have these uh progressive rock bands where they just are shredding on the guitar and it's like well that's cool and that's awesome you have that talent but does it sound good you know i don't know i think i'd rather be listening to like this uh really cool punk rock song yeah it's, it, yeah it's just how how accessible it is which makes mm-hmm. it so cool anybody can do it and that's what makes it so right. great. Right, right, right. Um, okay. So, <clears throat> right, middle schoolish, whatever. Um, anyway, so we grew up liking punk rock. But uh, there's an interesting dynamic in uh, punk rock that's going to contrast <clears throat> another point of view that I have, which is, which is authenticity. So I wanted to ask you, Zach, is it, is it important to you um, if a band or maybe it's an entire music genre but uh okay so we like we both like rancid right uh-huh that's like one of our favorite bands we both uh, are in agreement on that i think <clears throat> maybe not your favorite band but it is definitely one of mine I, last time i checked it was on yours too right yeah yeah i love rancid so is it important to you um for rancid to be authentic that's a good question. And so when we when you say authentic, do you mean like if I were to listen to the it's lyrics? Kind of like a trick. I'm like setting you up, right? <laughs> so if I were listening to like a, a rant, like let's say their latest rancid song, and uh, Tim Armstrong starts singing about, um, well, okay, let me, let me, here's something. I don't know. I'm trying to think about, I don't think rancid is the best example. Recently, uh, I don't know. I think I 
somehow was listening to an interview, I think, of Rivers Como, the lead singer of Weezer. Okay. And his, they have another CD coming out. They just come out with CDs like every other year. Anyways, mm-hmm. I think this was like for their last album. And I like, I like Weezer okay. And I always listen to every new album they come out, but I never like love them as much. I was really into Weezer, I think, when I was around freshman in high school. I like really loved um, Pinkerton and the Blue Album and, and some of the other things. And anyways, and he's like, he, that guy, I don't know how old he is. Rivers is probably in his early 40s, got to be, mm-hmm. late, middle, mid-40s. Anyways, and his song, he writes songs about hanging out in high school and trying to pick up chicks. Or, right. or like, wait, wait um, he does that now. He's doing that now, and songs. Yeah, trying. like his songs, like the latest Weezer album. There's songs about like being nervous to ask a girl out on a date. Okay, dude, that is, that's really weird because that was going to be like one of the examples I was going to kind of use. Yeah. With uh, Blink One Eight Two, one time, and I think it was high school or maybe it was, I was in college. I don't remember, but one time I was listening to one of Blink One Eight Two's like newer, you know, not, not like this was actually, this was like before they even had that gap where they weren't doing anything. Um, maybe even take off your pants and jacket. I don't remember, but there was a song. And, uh, at the same time I was listening to song, the song, I kind of figured out the math in my head and realized that this song is about like going on a date with a girl, picked her up on my very first date, yeah. you know, type of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> And I did the math, and I was like thinking, "Holy cow, these guys are this guy's like 32 years old." <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, "What? This makes no sense," you know? Yeah, and so that's yeah, that's a good question. So it's kind of like, in a way, like he might bother you that he's not being authentic, but maybe it's like he's being authentic to what Blink One of You Two is, or or Rivers is like being authentic to what Weezer is. Like Weezer is a thing that he performs for, not who he is. Right. And so he's like, no, this is a Weezer song. When you listen to Weezer, you're listening to things about, you know, being shy or apprehensive about, you know, or just like, I don't know, all kinds of like high schoolish, immature kind of topics. You don't mm-hmm. listen to Weezer for other things. So I, you know, so it's kind of like, what is that? So, I when I when I listen to songs by like if I were to hear a new Blink One Eighty Two song now and it's talking about going on dates or something, that would to answer your question that would rub me a little bit wrong. I would be kind of like, why are these guys still singing about this? And it's probably because I've grown up too, and mm-hmm. I bet you there's teenagers who are getting the latest Blink-182 album, the latest Weezer album, and they're totally in it. And they don't really think twice, because they're like, no, this is a Weezer song. This, they're, they're able to disconnect the person from the music. Whereas me, I'm like, I've been, I listened to Weezer for uh, over a decade now, and he's still singing the same things. <laughs> Zach, you're a really smart guy. I, this, I asked you off the cuff, and you came up with this. I, the same conclusion that it's taken me like 10 years to figure out. <laughs> 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 no, I salute you. <laughs> uh, so, what, what was your what was what's the conclusion then? So, um, to bring it back to to NRWK, like, um, and also punk rock music, I would argue that in the punk rock world, like, 
maybe there are other genres where it's more important, but authenticity is like huge in the punk rock genre, right? Like it is. Yeah. You uh you know, you gotta be like shooting up heroin and like putting your hair in mohawks every day and um, you know, just like being a hooligan running around on the street with like baseball bat and like spikes sticking out of it and like getting into fights i don't know what whatever punk rock guys are supposed to do whatever that means right like uh if you're gonna front if you're gonna play in a band you better be living that life right Right? yeah there's probably i don't know of another genre that would that has as much i don't know what it is anger about sellouts than punk music Uh right like, you're on an independent label. Oh yeah, yeah. and you're, now you're going to sign to this big, um, one of the three big major labels: Sony, Universal, and whatever the other one is. Yeah, so that's it's really important to certain people that the band be poor. Right, like, right. Has, yeah, that has an effect, and I, I, I acknowledge that sounds silly to me. Like the music is what it is. Who cares how much money the band makes? If they want to make a living out of it and the music sounds good to me, then I should enjoy it. Wow. You know, you know, if, if Weezer comes out with a song that's still about high school and I don't enjoy it, well, then I'll just, I'll just stop listening. But I'm not going to accuse them of selling out and be mad. I'm just going to listen to the music for the music's sake. And if I like it or I don't like it. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's, that's my views on it as well because it's uh, music. It, it's kind of weird how these genres are um like defined by things like this and i'm sure there's like other genres that have other weird quirks mm-hmm. but um it's just why 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 not just enjoy it for what it is in a way you know like uh why even i guess i mean not i'm not totally against like opposed to defining things like you know that fits into this box but sometimes the rules are uh, arbitrary and, and silly mm-hmm. to me. But anyway, so like with, with punk rock music, you know, authenticity is super important. But then look at that with like uh, with pop, pop music, right? So right. Britney Spears or NSYNC or um, I don't know. Who, the, Katy the, Perry. The pop music of 10 years ago? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's all I got, man. I don't keep up. I should. Taylor Swift, so, dude. It's Taylor, Taylor Swift, Swift right? Now. Yeah. Yeah, she made that whole ch- transformation. And uh, like, I think people know. Actually, yeah, I wanted to give a couple good, couple examples. Um, people know, right? They know that. Um, well, maybe they don't. Maybe they think that these people are don't have like a giant machine behind them, mm-hmm. right? like a team that is coordinating and managing their social media accounts and helping them develop their messaging and aesthetics and helping them write songs and Mm -hmm. like, uh, they have to know that, right? People have to know that these, these, yeah, they do. But I think that there's, I think there's a perception that the, the, the artist still has like some kind of veto or final say and that like all of the songs come with the artist's stamp of approval it's almost as if maybe the perception is that there's like a whole bunch of people writing songs like there's a track list of 50 things but the artist comes in and says oh i'm going to tweak these a little bit and i'll turn them into mine and these ones that aren't me i'll leave on the table and all the ones that end up on the album 
are the ones that that I do give my approval for, hmm. which I'm I guess is kind of how people take that in. I, I kind of that you're saying that's how they reconcile it. Yes, and, and feel yeah, like it's okay, totally. And I don't know. I doubt that's true. I think that they probably have less say than we think they do. Right. I think it probably maybe it changes case to case, like how much leverage an artist had, like Taylor Swift, I bet she has a whole lot of leverage over that. Um, whoever she's working with. Right. Like, um, I think it probably, but I think there's probably other like lesser known bands where, um, yeah, it's totally like that where they've done a lot of market research and the record label knows better than the artist what's going to sell. And so they say, Hey, listen up, we got this song for you. You're going to perform it. And, uh, you're going to make it your own, but it's going to sell a lot of money because your other song that you wrote sucks. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I, yeah, maybe, maybe people who do listen to that, the pop music genre, they do know it's kind of a, a gimmick and, uh, or maybe they just like, it's kind of like a, they, they turn the blind eye to it. And you know what? I'm all for it. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a hundred percent on board with that. Actually. Like I, have no problem with that. I, if you make a song that sounds good and, uh, great. Yeah, totally. I, I think, you know, what we're seeing over how people reconcile it. I don't think people even do any kind of like conscious analysis. The song comes on and they like it or they don't like it. They don't really care who Mm -hmm. made it or they care that it came from the musician that they like, but as Mm -hmm. to how it was made, I don't, I, I bet people just like, don't even think twice they're like who cares it's it's if this makes makes me feel good that's the only criteria by which i'm judging right yeah hmm. yeah that's uh it's an interesting concept and um okay i'm gonna speed up a little bit because i know we can't just talk about this the whole time but um so let's talk okay so what about uh, that's we know that that's how people are in, in the pop um genre but that's not the same type of behavior in, in, um, like if that was the same story with punk music, it'd be different. Right. Right. Um, so what about like, let's talk about, uh, Marilyn Manson. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. so he's, he's kind of one of the more better examples I can think of where he, um, his, his whole messaging and image is like super extreme. And once you see him on like a talk show or an interview, he's like this really well poised, um, and well-spoken person. I don't know if you've ever seen him, uh-huh. but, but like he's intelligent. He's not like, he's not like his performance, right? He's uh, he's a person. <laughs> right. And yeah, like if you see these interviews, he's like a well-spoken articulate guy who um, is not like super in your face and extreme. And I'm going to like kill all every baby, you know, <laughs> right. your firstborn child. And like, eat their heart, you know, that kind of thing. He's a, uh, he's an intelligent guy. And so you can kind of get the sense that, Oh, he's doing this for shock value, right? Like it's, this is not, he doesn't wake up. He doesn't wake up in a dungeon. Right. And, uh, <laughs> he eats bats for breakfast kind of thing. Well, it's almost like, like an artist, whether if you're a painter or, you know, or a sculpt, you know, a sculptor, it's like you're choosing the medium by which to express yourself. Uh, and so like someone can choose, watercolor they could choose clay they could choose paint and marilyn manson shows like this kind of industrial heavy death metal 
Exactly. Yeah. Right. So I, he, he's just a really good example that I've thought of that has that separate um, uh, person who he is and then the entertainment version of himself. And I mean, the list goes on. You could do it with Cher. You could do it with Lady Gaga. You know, does Lady Gaga really go to bed at night with like those huge headpieces on and those headsets? You know, right, like that's right. not who she is. It's entertainment. Right. So let's bring it back full circle. Let's talk about Andrew WK for a second. Yes. yes. Like who, who is Andrew WK? I can't say that I know who Andrew Wilkes career is, but I can say I know about the career of Andrew WK, the performer. Uh huh. But what's interesting about Andrew WK is he rides that line of like, what is this? Mm-hmm. Is he is he authentic, or is this a what? Am I watching entertainment? And what I mean by that is like he wears white a white shirt and white pants at you know every concert, photo shoot, whatever, um, radio show or talk show that he's on. But like, do people really think that he like if he's going to out to eat with his wife or? go to Thanksgiving with his family or even shopping at the grocery store. Like, is that, is he that guy? Is that what he's wearing? Is he, is he like on at 110% all day long? And like this, uh, I'm a party guy. I'm this, this is crazy. Or is let's take a step back. Or is he, is this entertainment that we're, we're watching? It's a good question. You're right that he does. He definitely portrays the idea that he is his persona. Like, it's not a persona. It's like, that's his life. Uh In all his interviews, you know, he's always dressed the same way. Um, I don't know. I wonder, like, you know, in those um, kind of in his speaking gigs or his uh, Dear Andrew WK kind of advice columns, you kind of get a sense that he's like, He's being very articulate in those things a lot of the time, but he still has this very party and like, I don't know, kind of like deepness to it that he's trying to portray. I kind of feel like he's authentic more than not. What do you think? So I think it depends on the context of like which aspect of entertainment or presentation of NWK you're talking about. So yeah, I agree. In his advice columns, like, I mean, if that's an act, like, I don't know, that's that's really like, uh, I don't know how you do that, you know, some of the advice that he gives out and uh, the thought process behind it, like, um, and the speaking tour is a good example. Like, um, a lot of times people, he, it's a lot of times people will say, "You're so positive," you know, like, "You're such a positive guy. Thank you. You've helped my life." Uh-huh. And and he'll be like, no, I'm not, I'm not really like I, uh, I he'll be like real with them and say, hey, I'm not uh, I'm not that guy, you know. In fact, I have a lot of demons and I struggle with stuff, and I put out that positivity because like that's who I'm trying to be, kind of thing. Right. And so I feel like in those scenarios, yeah, he's very like authentic because. It, I feel like human beings are pretty well at reading things. Like I read, I read like this thing once that kids um, know when an adult is like 
really laughing versus fake laughing. Uh-huh. And kids, even at a young, young age, can pick up on that those kind of like subtleties. And so I think I think humans can also do a pretty well, pretty good job at that. I mean, adult humans <laughs> <laughs> um, can do a good job at that. And in those instances, the way I read it is that he he is authentic. But there's other times where, like, I wonder if the idea behind it, like, oh, I'm going to be, like, this buddy-buddy, like, hey, I'm going to be your friend. He had that whole TV show on your friend, Andrew WK, and I'm like, um, or, like, uh, I don't know. I think there are other examples of where it's, like, okay, this is, like, kind of an act. You know, you're all hyped up on this radio show because you're entertaining people like it's good that you're hyped up because it would be boring if you weren't and uh i think there are aspects i guess what i'm saying is i think there's both there's aspects of of uh putting on a show and entertainment and then there's like those more candid moments as well i think it yeah and i think it's really hard to peel away anybody in trying to figure out when are they being authentic versus when are they um, portraying a different version of themselves. Because, I, I mean, I think it's, it's not hard to argue that we are, all of us, multiple kinds of people. You know, like, mm-hmm. I could go out to dinner with some, another couple uh, with my wife, and mm-hmm. I'll be a different person with this person I don't know as well, and we're being polite and chit-chatty, than I would be hanging out with you and we're like doing something, you know what I mean? Like I would, my sense of humor would be different. The things I would consider sane would be different. Sure. Or like Absolutely. the kind of person I am at work. And, and if, and if you or anyone else who's listening is familiar with white collar work in general or working for <laughs> companies, like there's this weird game where you have to pretend loyalty and pretend about caring. Mm-hmm. You do care about your job to a certain degree, but there's a, there's another degree where it's really just for show. And mm-hmm. so like when I think about Andy WK, it's like it doesn't bother me to think that he could be um, portraying a version that isn't really him. It is mm-hmm. him. It's just different versions of him, just like we all have different versions of ourselves. Right. I mean, he's he's working hard to portray a certain kind of thing or a certain kind of person or a certain kind of attitude and vibe and persona that uh, is the one we all want him to be and enjoy. And so there's like a performance there. Um, but at the same time, I think he likes that person too. And he wants to be, it's kind of like his best self or it's not like, like I think about um, musicians who. It's not like it's completely unnatural. Right. It's not completely unnatural. Cause I could think of, people like maybe rivers como is sick to death of singing the dumbest singing the same songs on tour night after night about you know not being it like you know feeling depressed about getting turned down by a girl or something <laughs> right and he has to go act out this thing and he goes out to the audience and there are a bunch of teenagers who are listening it's like am i just a clown am i just like this trained monkey who's performing for these people and I have, I don't, I have nothing. This isn't me at all. And I don't think Andrew, Andrew is that right. Like he definitely is closer to his persona and more authentic than I think a lot of other people who are kind of like portraying this thing that isn't really them. Mm, yeah. 
I think again, it goes back to the the context of which what, when you're talking. So like, I don't think it's too far fetched either, though, because when um, like when he first got signed to Island Def Jam Records, I mean, <clears throat> he he was already kind of doing the Andrew WK thing, right? He was on the, on the independent label. It was called Bulb Records, and he was doing Andrew WK. He was he had around like uh, forty tracks or so. And yeah, there was already like these demo versions of It's Time to Party and Party Hard and, and We Want Fun and those kinds of things. But there was a whole lot of other tracks that weren't like that. He, like he has a song called Kill Yourself or I, what is it? I think it's uh, and it's very like not par- like, <laughs> wait, what is it called? Not positive. The- yeah, it's not positive. Um, I'm going to. I can't believe I can't remember the name of the song right now. Um, no, I think you're onto something though, because I think, like we've kind of discussed before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called literally "Kill Yourself." <laughs> <laughs> right, and you know, and like we we've discussed before, I feel like that original Andrew WK from the "I Get Wet" album when he first came out and had that first music video of "Party Hard," that has a taste of manufactured or there yes. were suits in the background who were signing the dotted lines with Andrew and be like, we are creating a persona that is this party guy that we think could really reach the 18 to 30 demographic uh, that according to our data um, could really be profitable right now. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, I think that Andrew has morphed that a little bit over time, he's definitely like taken that persona that was crafted that he had, like you said, he had a part to play with it, but was fully realized with like some kind of other people. Right. Uh, it was kind of like, it was kind of like a, Oh, you have all these tracks. Okay. Let's pick this one, this one, and this one. And Oh, that party thing that you do, like let's, let's amp that up a bunch of notches and Oh, you're doing this other. No, let's play that down. And right. Oh, like, uh, this is a cool look kind of thing. And so he, uh, like he, he did this thing where he wore, um, like sports clothes, like these like faded, um, like team, like there were t-shirts, like, uh, he, he wore like sports, um, team clothing, not like jerseys and stuff, but, and it was like, as soon as he, uh, jumped over to Island that like that all went away and he wore like white clothes from then on. So like, Maybe they, anyway, my point is that I think that stuff is, uh, a lot of people see that as, um, inauthentic, inauthentic, but I don't care. Like, is, I don't, honestly, I don't care about that. Like if it sounds good, that's all I care about. Like if I, I get it, you know, like I get that he, um, is doing this for entertainment and I don't even necessarily need to know who Andrew Wilkes career is versus Andrew WK. I just want, I want to be entertained. I want to be pumped up, you know, like, uh, I guess I, I do care about the authenticity to a degree, you know, if it was like, but I've seen enough to know that I, I, I like what I, what it is. Sorry. I think I cut you off where you, but no, no, no. I, uh, I agree with you. Do I really fundamentally care who the person is? That's, this is like a very common thing with all artists or musicians or anyone in the spotlight is everybody wants to know who they really are. And uh, 
I don't know. I've always kind of not cared who people really are. Um, <laughs> at the same time, though, it's like there is something about it's, oh, man, it's this fine line between what is the musician or the artist doing? Are they being authentic or, or what is what they're creating sincere? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the word. And I feel like Andrew WK is sincere. Um, and uh, whereas, and I think that's kind of when it comes back to like punk rock and sellouts or posers or all that whole thing. It's like, it's this idea that you have to be sincere for it to count. Um, right. And I, I, I acknowledge that. Like if there's, I don't, I, I'm, there's plenty of music that I like where the person making the music is doing it on behalf of someone else or it wasn't their idea or they aren't sincere. And I still listen to it because I like the sound of it. But I think the music I really like the stuff that's my top 10 lists and my favorite things of all time. When I look at those things, they're typically from people who really are sincere and they really do mean the things they're saying. Well, okay. So let's think about, let's take this analogy for a minute. Um, like, with with being sincere because i think that they can they can exist well i think they can both exist and what i mean by that is uh andrew w k can be sincere but also at the same time have a team you know like maybe he wears makeup when he goes on the on um on stage or uh-huh. you know he has like a hairdresser in the back to make him look like a metal guy you know that would be like kind of contradictory right uh-huh. um, so but the double double standard I want to point out is that uh, look at the movie, like the the film industry versus the music industry. Like um, people know that a movie is created because you have like these. I mean, just by its nature, it's a little bit more obvious that you have a whole team of people working on a film, right? You right. have a director, you have an executive producer, you have the um, cinematographer, you have the composer you have the actors you have this whole team that at the end of the day produces a product and you consume that product and it's and then you can even to go further you can watch the dvd of how they made that right right the double standard is with music when you have that same exact scenario of a team putting out a product and an album it's looked down upon Mm -hmm. you know it's looked at not sincere it's saying like oh you didn't just write this on the foot of your bed strumming your guitar you know you had people like crafting this thing and because you weren't crying at the foot of your bed when you when you came up with all this stuff you're somehow this this song sucks now because mm-hmm. because because i know that knowledge whereas uh right to me, well, like, why would the move why do we give the movie so much credit or 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 yeah, why does no one ever say, "Oh, that movie, I'm not going to see that. Those guys are sellouts." Right. No one's or ever like said a, that about a movie. Or or even like stage names, right? Like so like let's say Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris is not he's an actor and he is uh, his real name is not Chuck Norris. It's a alias. It's a stage name, but right. you know, a uh, a music performer picks an alias to use and uh they're looked down upon, you know. It's like you know, it's not authentic. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a good. I mean, ultimately what I've always thought was so, with music and movies, we as humans, like, it's so strange to think about 
when you go into a movie theater, you're paying someone to artificially create emotions in you. Like, and we want that. We want to be lied to. Like we want the movie, which is completely false, to have a, we, we invite it to make us cry. Like we want the movie to make us feel bad or make <laughs> us feel sad or feel anxious or feel afraid. And we uh-huh. want that. Uh, and it's such a weird construct. And it's like, we should be totally, ex- I, I, you're convincing me here. Like we should be totally willing to give the same attitude towards music. Like I'm paying for emotion. If that emotion is given to me, I don't care how it's manufactured or how it's given. You mean if it's presented in a way that makes that emotion feel differently, then I guess that's their fault for not presenting it in the right way. But so long as it makes me feel a certain way, that's all I should care about. Right, right. Yeah, and again, it's like you can only be so authentic, right? When Tim Armstrong sings about, you know, some song about, I think this last album is called Troublemaker, like, I mean, he's a millionaire, you know, like, uh, yeah, how, I don't, live slumming yeah. in the East Bay or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like how, how big of a troublemaker is he? <laughs> right. <point>? right. <laughs> totally. I still like the song though, you know, and it does, I guess, you know, get, I guess it gets me riled up. And I would say that like, he's one of the most authentic, like punk representative representations of authentic punk rockers there is, you yeah. know, he, he never sold out or whatever, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, even that is so debatable. Did, did Rancid sell out? I mean, that was like a big deal back in like oh, yeah. early 2000s, ni- late 90s, when all of a sudden like uh, Roots Radicals was playing on the radio. It's like, that was like a big faux pas within punk music listeners. Like, oh man, now they have a music video that's on MTV, disqualified, you know? <laughs> right. Right. So yeah, there's a that's all a whole thing, and it's interesting, yeah, uh, to think how we can control um, or manipulate our our emotions like that. We have to have some sort of self awareness to 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 think about doing that kind of thing. Yeah, I, that's I'm glad you brought this up, and I think we should end it right there. I think this is a good show. <laughs> that's that's this is the, that's the show. Okay, great. Uh, thanks, Richard. It was good talking to you. Thanks, Zach. Uh, thanks for uh, the time tonight. I appreciate it. And uh, next week, we'll get into it some more. Sounds good. See you later. See ya. <laughs>